I came back from walking the dog yesterday with a full intention to sit down and get a whole bunch of things done. And one of my kids needed help with their math homework. It's like, well, I'm not going to not help them. Mm -hmm. So my whole afternoon was derailed because they had really hard math homework for me, by the way. By the way. Hard for mom as well. Yeah. Like, let's not even begin to talk about what it's like for me to be going through third grade math again. Like, I can't even. But, you know, it's that. (laughs) And But in no planet would they have knocked on Dave's office door and interrupted his meeting to ask for help with their math homework. And again, Mm. it's not a criticism of Dave. He's doing everything he possibly can. He's awesome. Like, I give him five stars. But it's a situational, (laughs) what would be, like, his work would think that was weird. Right. Right? Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults. Today's episode of Raising Adults is brought to you by Beyond Personal Finance. Our teenagers are not being taught a skill they will need daily for the rest of their lives, how to make wise choices with money. The books and videos out there are boring and impersonal, and most teens tune it out because they already know it all. These know-it-alls are heading for trouble. Beyond Personal Finance can help. Remember when you were 25? Maybe you thought you'd have fancy cars and join a country club by age 30? Do you remember your wake-up call? Well, Beyond Personal Finance remembers theirs, and that's why they created Beyond Personal Finance, to teach teens and youth about money and the future so they don't have to learn it the hard way like we did. Beyond Personal Finance is a beefed-up game of life that's interactive as well as informative. In one semester, less than two hours per week, your teen will experience the adult years from age 22 to 42 by making real choices and real budgets without the real regrets. Come see for yourself at www.bpfclass.com. That's bpfclass.com. It will be an experience even the most skeptical teen will thank you for. Well, hi, FFPs, our future-focused parents. Welcome to another episode of Raising Adults. We are so happy to have you here with us today in my laundry room and Dina's coat closet, and (laughs) we're just really glad you're here. And if you're new, welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. We're so happy you're here as well. Dina. I can see you now. Listeners, you need to know that up until this point, the platform that Dina and I have used to record separately has not been visual. It has all only been audio. But today, for the first time in a long time, it's as if you're in the laundry room with me. I I can see you. It's so lovely. It's a treat. And I get to see the coat closet that you've been talking about for months. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my head is, you know, literally almost touching the ceiling, which she can now see. And I've got my blanket around me because it's chilly in here. So she's she's seeing all the joy of the coat closet. Yeah, you are cozy in there. But I'm good. I'm plugging away, also plugging away at my year of my 12 different things I'm working on just in one a month. What's March? So March, so funny. I, I, you guys, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a success, but I'm trying meal planning. And I'm telling you, this is something I've always been abysmal at. Like I just, I have the best intentions and then it still slowly devolves into like, what are we going to eat tonight? (laughs) So at least for March, on the weekends, I plan and grocery shop and then make those meals for the week. And 
I, I'm I'm going to give it a go. I figure if I can do it for a month, maybe I can find a way to make it sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I've at least built in one day where I won't cook and we'll just have mm-hmm. yo-yo. You're on your own. That's what we call yo-yo night. Yo-yo night. I love it. So I'm a fan of yo-yo, but I don't think I can get away with more than one of those. The mm-hmm. good news is now we don't have all five kids at home. So I might be able to cook maybe three or four times a week. And on the other days, we might be able to have leftovers because sometimes yeah. it's just Scott and I. Are, so I think it I think it might be more doable than it maybe was just a few years ago. But we'll see. The jury's out. <laughs> okay. I, we call our scrounge night. Like, oh, it's a scrounge. You just you just figure that out. <laughs> Roam through the cupboards in the fridge and That's find right. something. Well, the good news is if it does go sideways, we actually have somebody coming on the show, right, in the spring, late spring, we to do. talk about meal planning. So we, maybe we she'll got you, me. Dina. Yeah. <laughs> if I derail this time, maybe she'll be my saving there grace. There we go. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Well, in big news over here, my dad is fully vaccinated. I know. So huge for your family. And it's been really interesting because now Dave and I are going, now what do we think? Like, how do we feel? What are our safety concerns? It it just, it took it from this like life or death feeling of like, if someone gets this, someone could die into this, I think what what a lot of families are, you know, experiencing, which is that balance of, okay, I want to make sure I'm keeping people safe and I don't particularly want to get it. But it doesn't feel as life or death as it has for the past year. So lots of emotional and mental unpacking happening at our house. It's it's kind of wild. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like a little bit of a boiled frog because it's been a year of thinking this way. Mm-hmm. You adjust to that, right? And then you have to kind of like slowly unravel that. So it's um wow. interesting times at the Dorian household. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And speaking of the pandemic, we today's topic is kind of about that, but really it's a a bigger issue that's been sort of put under the microscope during the pandemic and has really become very clear. And I'm a a little spicy about it today. You can expect some spicy conversation from Kira Dorian's (laughs) laundry room today. (laughs) Expect the spice. We're going to prepare for the spice. Prepare for the spice. Yes, we are talking about the, the burden of motherhood, the fact that Lots of moms in particular right now are not okay. And the bigger issue of why why does so much of the emotional and and physical labor fall to women? And and can we even do anything about that? And are we being set back 40 years because of this pandemic? I mean, when we were even just talking about doing this episode, it was like a 30-minute conversation because there was so much. And usually we don't spend that long kind of preparing. But this no, we're was kind just, of like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> right. But this is such a can of worms and such a huge topic. And and yeah, so that's what we're talking about today, listeners. And I don't know what we're going to get to. I don't know where it's going to go. But I think it's so important because pretty much everyone I know is dealing with this feeling of being overwhelmed, particularly moms. I know several women who've quit their jobs. And that is definitely we were looking up the stats of that today, like some scary statistics about yeah, some women. of which we're going to share with you. Yeah. So hang in there. But yeah, I mean, yeah it's so, wild. And I think I, I was sharing with Dina before we you know, started rolling that what's funny is in our house. When Dave and I got together, you know, we were very young. We were like 21. And we did not have a quote unquote gender typical relationship where like I did the female things and he did the male things. Like it never looked like that. And so when we came into parenting, neither of us expected that to be how it looks. And even though he's super involved and and we are definitely 
true co-parents. There are these ways in which I feel like I have slipped into this female role that I didn't ask to be in. And sometimes we look at each other and we're like, how did we get here? <laughs> like, What happened to us? And he feels it too because he doesn't particularly love his role either. He would much rather be spending more time with the kids and doing more of the hands-on kids stuff. So it's interesting. It's like societally, somehow we have set ourselves up for this in an unavoidable way. And and it's kind of yucky for some of us, not for everyone, but definitely Dave and I are feeling it. And I think the pandemic has just blown that up for so mm-hmm. many families. Yeah, it's definitely exacerbated it. So I'm curious, do you even have a why for this topic? This is one of my times when I have a why. I love, I love when you do that. Oh my goodness, that's my favorite. You're just crying out. I just, why? I don't. I have a why not. I have a why I don't want it to look like this, which is, you know, all the things of like, I don't want my daughter to grow up to think that she has to carry the emotional burden of a family. I don't want my son to grow up thinking that that's how it's supposed to look. I don't particularly like this role. In fact, we talked, I was talking with my mother in law years ago about this. And I was saying, you know, I get that there's a biological element here. Like I am, I can feel it. I am more naturally inclined to want to carry some of this, but that doesn't mean I like that I'm biologically wired that way. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think there's just, for me, there's just a lot of feelings of overwhelm and frustration and why are we still here And what do we need to be doing to not be here for my kids? How can my kids grow into the adults that maybe don't have this experience? And is that even possible? So I don't know if that's a why. It's definitely a why. But I loved that you'd cried out. That's my favorite. I have a why that's interesting but important, I think. Tell me. And I might have this for another topic someday. But today my why is that I think it's important that we ask the questions that we still don't have a clean answer to. Mm. So yes. I, wa- I want to know why does this fall to women more and why is there almost an unspoken expectation yes. that they should do it? And I'm admitting I don't have the answer, but I think that's an important why that we still address things and we still probe into the questions that we don't have a tidy answer for yet. I mean, that's still important rather than going, well, I don't know. So I'm going to not think about it or talk about it. So that's my why, because I think sometimes we've got to ask the hard questions that don't have answers. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. And I mean, we're never going to find the answer if we aren't engaging with the question, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if we have hows today so much as just unpacking this Mm -hmm. topic. It's more like, how did we get here? (laughs) Yeah. And I am curious because I know your family in particular really was not on a trajectory that you would have expected would ever look like this. So what do you kind of see as the things along the way that led you to where you're at now? I think there's this element, and I don't think this is true. This is in all relationships. This is a gross generalization. And obviously for me, I'm in a heterosexual relationship, so we've got to kind of put that in its own box. But Mm. I think that there are things that Dave just doesn't care about that I inherently do. So for example, you know, (laughs) if, if we run out of soap, that doesn't bother him. It <laughs> bothers me. We need soap. So he doesn't think about, and it's not a criticism of him. It's just, you know, yeah. I feel like dudes sometimes just can live with a lot more than we women can. 
And I think that applies. I'm going to take this silly soap example, but I think it applies to the kids, too. So I think I shared once on an episode that one of the biggest issues we had when the kids were small was my frustration with if they're sick, why am I the one who stays home? Like, th- that makes no sense to me. My job matters. You know, I, I was making basically as much money as he was at the time. Like, why is it expected that I would be the one to stay home? But what it boiled down to is that Dave was very comfortable for a grandparent to be with them or a nanny to be with them when they were sick. And I wasn't. And that's that biological piece, I think, that for me, there was this this biological thing around the the maternal need to sacrifice for our children that I think we carry sometimes too much, right? That led us down this road of me constantly feeling like, no, 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 okay, fine. I get that you see it that way, but this matters to me. So therefore, I will sacrifice. And it just kind of went down that path. And then because it went down that path, you know, I worked part-time instead of full-time because I wanted to be home more with the kids because of that biological need. And as a result, I was the one home. And so his commute time meant it made more sense for me to cook dinner, even though he's the better cook. So we fell into some of these patterns, right? Or I was the one home. So it made sense for me to do the laundry because there were times when the kids were napping and I could do that more easily. And so we kind of just like stumbled into these roles. But I do think it came partially from my own inherent stuff. But then it's hard to unpack how much of that inherent stuff is actually inherent and how much of it is being taught to me by society and the media and and the people around me. That was a very long answer to your question. That is my I, answer. I mean, I don't think it, was, <laughs> it made sense. I mean, you you highlighted some of the ways that you ended up there. That was the question. I think you did great. And the pandemic certainly hasn't helped in this endeavor. No. And what's funny is that Dave is so involved. It's not like I have some, you know, husband that just doesn't show up for anything. He's amazing. He helps the kids with math. He, you know, spells me so that I can get out for a walk. But that's, see, I said it. That's what I just said. He spells me. Mm-hmm. I never spell him so that he can go do X, Y, or Z. He spells me. The expectation is I have to ask permission. And even though it's it's not, like I say, like it's a gross relationship with us, it's not. It's just that's the setup. The women have to ask for what they need. And the men can take it more easily because of the situation that they're in, right? When he has mm-hmm. a break at work, he goes for a walk, which is what he should do. That's 100. I fully support that. But he doesn't have to ask me, hey, Kira, I've got a you know, 30-minute break, is it cool if I take a walk right now? He's got a 30-minute break, he takes a walk. If I want a 30-minute break, I have to be like, hey, babe, I really need to get out for a 30-minute break. When is it convenient for your schedule for you to help me do that, even though I work, <laughs> right? So it's that's, that's, the, uh, that's the crux of it right there. And I think that's what women are feeling is this overwhelming, like it was hard enough already, this emotional burden existed already. And now- it is tenfold because we're also having to do whatever we were doing before for work plus homeschool and navigate. You know, like I came back from walking the dog yesterday with a full intention to sit down and get a whole bunch of things done. And one of my kids needed help with their math homework. It's like, well, I'm not going to not help them. Mm -hmm. So my whole afternoon was derailed because they had really hard math homework for me, by the way. By the way. for mom as well. Yeah. Like, let's not even begin to talk about what it's like for me to be going through third grade math again. Like, I can't even. But, you know, it's that. And But in no planet would they have knocked on Dave's office door and interrupted his meeting 
to ask for help with their math homework. And again, mm-hmm. it's not a criticism of Dave. He's doing everything he possibly can. He's awesome. Like I give him five stars. But it's a situational, <laughs> what would be, exp- like his work would think that was weird, right? right? Like, what do, you, what do you mean you have to leave the meeting to help with math homework? But you never think it's weird. When you and I are in the middle of work and I'm like, I'm sorry, Dina, something's happened. I got to go be a mom. You're like, of course. What is that? What is that? Doesn't that fascinate you? Yeah, it really does. So why, why don't we take a quick pause and then we can come I back. I love that I have already ranted for 15 minutes. You I, should well, really get to speak on this. <laughs> spicy Kira. We knew Spicy Kira was coming. I warned you. I warned you. So we'll take a quick break and then we're going to share some actual stats about this, different ways that it looks, and probably continue to not really answer this question. So stay with us. <laughs> stay, stick around. Well, hi, listeners and FFPs. We are just curious if you might be a part of a parents group or a co-op preschool or some kind of parent ed situation that might benefit from having Dina and I come and speak. We love to do public speaking engagements and we love to talk in more detail about some of the topics that we discuss on the show. We can speak on a wide array of popular parenting topics, including things like fostering emotional intelligence, parenting anxious kids, how to employ gentle discipline in your home, how to foster positive sibling relationships, and even how to implement things like manners and chores and setting up your family's unique value system. The other thing that can be really helpful, especially during this time, is we are able to present virtually via Zoom or other online platforms. So we're able to speak to groups even when we can't meet together in person. Yeah, so if you're a part of a group that might be interested in having us come and talk for a little bit, we always finish with a Q&A, which is honestly Dina's and my favorite part because we get to just answer your questions and see what came up from the topic that we're speaking about. So if you're interested in having us come, you can go to our website, futurefocusedparenting.com, click on the Hire Us tab and go to public speaking. All the information that you need is right there. Oh my goodness. Okay, I would like to be a little more quiet now cuz I feel like <laughs> I have I have barfed the things out that needed to get barfed out. But I I do want I do want you to share some stats cuz we've got some interesting stats. And I also think there is an element here that I think is worth talking about. You know, when you've got families like yours that maybe have a more traditional approach and aren't afraid of some of those, you know, more gender typical roles, how how does that even work in a situation like that where maybe still we want to create balance within those roles. That's complicated because at least for me, it's like I'm mad about it. And Dave's like, yeah, I get that. You should be. And he he does. He's like, I get it. I would be mad about it, too. Don't know how to fix mm-hmm. it, but I get it. Whereas I would think in a in a relationship where maybe some of the that is to be expected, then how do you find the middle ground? Can you even? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's not easy. So I'm glad we looked up some of this info because then you, it, I think it's, it's one thing to hear an anecdotal story. But then when you get to hear this, it kind of gives the landscape of the whole picture, like how big of a thing this actually is. So I'll share these these little stats from fortune.com. So even before the pandemic, women on average already did twice as much unpaid care and that we're talking care of the children compared to men. So basically COVID has just made you know, a more uneven addition onto an already unequal baseline is what Fortune was saying. So women, I mean, capture that. Women on average already did almost twice as much unpaid care. So any of the times you're not 
having a babysitter, having a nanny, which we could do, a lot of people could do pre-COVID. And this stat is pre-COVID. So that's wild, right? Compared to men. And that article was talking about working women, wasn't it? So like, uh, that is not just not women, that's working women were doing double the amount of caregiving to Mm -hmm. their male partners. Like, take a second for that. (laughs) Yeah, like almost double. And then according to this same survey, 40% of mothers, okay, compared to only 27% of fathers have added three or more additional hours of caregiving a day to their schedule now that we're in the pandemic. So almost half, 40% of the mothers have added three or more additional hours of caregiving a day. So here's what that ends up, here's what ends up happening. And this is this is almost in some ways the most shocking to me is that then you have so many females in the workforce who eventually said, I can't do both anymore. And they left their 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 job. And so now this is crazy. Female workforce participation has dropped to 57%, which is the lowest since 1988. It's bananas. Though you had a really good point, and I think it's worth mentioning about, you know, like talk about that because it was a really valid Mm. point. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I think it's just important to say, because we might even have listeners in this boat, that for some people, this probably was horrible and agonizing. And we don't want to undercut that, where it was like, I love my corporate job. It's kind of how I feel human. And I get to use my adult brain. And I'm not just tying shoelaces and putting on Band-Aids, right? And so we don't don't want to minimize that at all. But there may be, in this number, we have to recognize families for whom this maybe was a welcome change, or they'd already been looking to step away from working in their corporate job or working outside the home or whatever whatever was applicable. And this was the platform or kind of that catalyst let, that let them. That was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, now I need to oversee remote school or I'm really needed at home more because everything is bananas and we're locked down. I now have the opportunity to go. And so I'm going to go. And that may have been a really welcome thing in those families. And so we just wanted to But here's the thing about that, because you're totally right. And I bet that was the case for a lot of women. But to me, it begs the question, okay, how many of those women were glad to leave because it was too impossible in the first place, but they still loved their jobs? Mm -hmm. So this was a welcome, like, okay, this is just what needs to happen. But actually, it kind of speaks to this idea that I hear all the time. Like, we, we send this message to women, like, you can have it all. But you can't. Women are were overwhelmed before the pandemic. Working moms, right? They So many working moms feel like I'm not doing anything well. I'm not doing my job well. I'm not parenting well. I'm not being a good partner. All this stuff because the workplace is set up with all these expectations on women. Like you need to do your job like you don't have kids and raise your kids like you don't have a job, right? And which is impossible. Which is impossible. And then you've got the situation of like, well, again, it's expected that the woman's going to stay home if the child's sick. So now you have a woman and a man maybe in the exact same role. And the woman's having to take more days off because her kiddo's sick. And so the man looks like he's getting more done when it would just be unrealistic or, you know, culturally weird for him to be the one to stay home. Mm-hmm. So how how much of and I'm sure there are women who really were just like, I would just prefer to be home. I want to be with my kids. This is the most important job I'm ever going to do. I love it. And and those women are really valid in and of themselves. I just wonder how many of the women that are like, oh, this is such a relief. I've been wanting to do this. We're actually feeling that way because of this dynamic that we're talking about. 
Yeah, I think we have some of all three. Some right. who didn't want to leave, some who were relieved to leave, but only because it was just overwhelming to do it all, and some who truly would rather be at home and this provided the way. I think you probably have some in each of those camps, honestly. And beyond that, I think we also then have to look at putting the workforce to the side Back to this this gender role thing, you know, the title of this podcast, if moms everywhere are not OK, these women, whether even the stay at home moms aren't OK, <laughs> like, <none laughs> of us are OK. And why is that? Why are we not OK? And and coming back to that, what do we do? How do we fix this? How do we help women everywhere who are just underwater right now? I don't know. I told you I'd shut up. I'm actually going to do it now. You're fine. You're fine. I mean, this is I, I think it's fine that I'm quiet because I'm in a situation where this is not my situation. Like I'm I can genuinely say, I, I don't know. I mean, I might be the point zero zero one percent, but it's just really interesting. And I was I was saying to you offline, I think part of it is the blended family thing, because I as the bio parent, Scott steps back, but not in any gender role way. It's more just you are their parent. I'm going to let you do that part. But at the same time, he totally does that for his kids. I mean, Mm -hmm. if they're in a kerfluffle or they need actual living advice, they call him. And I think that's great. They don't call their mom. And he's he's totally hands-on and involved with that stuff. And also just in our family life, like even the meal planning, perfect example. I was like, I really need to get better at this. And Scott was like, I don't care about it. (laughs) You know, and I think I I love that because I don't know that that's really the case for a lot of people. I think Mm -hmm. in a lot of families, maybe a partner might say that, but secretly be resentful that the mom isn't cooking as much. Scott doesn't care. Like he's the better cook. He likes to cook. He's fine with it. Like we just don't have that setup. And so I don't know how much of that is our family dynamic or how much of it is just us or how much of it is when you spend years as a single parent and you do all the things, you're just happy to get to split it with someone and it doesn't have to look a specific way. You're Mm. like, oh, I don't have to do everything. This is great. You mean if a light bulb burns out, I could change. I could change it or I could ask you to change it. (laughs) So some of it might just be that like we're both still nine years in. We're both still just like, oh, this is so fun. It doesn't have to be me. (laughs) (laughs) It's lowered. It's it's really lowered the bar for you. (laughs) Totally. I mean, I was like hilarious, you know, trying to take care of my yard as a single mom. Like sometimes the grass was like up to my shins and it's like, oh, I could maybe have a helper now. I mean, so maybe it's that. And I'm just totally admitting that. But what I but what I know is that even in my little bubble where we're such an anomaly, it doesn't mean I'm not seeing it mm-hmm. from other people. Mm-hmm. And especially my friends who are still trying to juggle both, where they're working and trying to drive the kids to school who are in session, trying to oversee the ones who aren't, or even... Can you can we just take a moment for even just the management of remote schooling if there's multiple kids? I have one friend who set alarms on her phone for mm-hmm. when a p- class period ended for each of the different kids and it was like her alarm was going off every 12 minutes to like help mm-hmm. them switch to this platform on their computer or whatever. There I I actually don't know how you would do that and also be a project manager at a corporation or whatever. How how would that even work? Well, and the feelings. This is the other thing that I noticed was that because I was in charge of school Mm -hmm. and 
the like little details of that. And I, I was the one seeing my kids more throughout the day. Even though Dave's home, he's in the office, door closed. He comes out, he helps. Again, Dave's awesome. This is never a criticism of him. But because I was the one kind of more exposed, I am the one who receives all the feelings. So when they have a big feeling because they're stressed or they have a big feeling because COVID sucks or they have a big whatever, the tears and the meltdowns were all me mm-hmm. and continue to be all me. It's very rare they're going to melt down when he happens to be outside of the office. And so the emotional burden of that, not only am I not able to get my work done, but I I am constantly, and I say this lovingly, but it's hard, you guys, constantly showing up for the meltdowns and the feelings, which, by the way, are valid. And so especially with my mental health background, I can't dismiss those. I got to show up for that because they need to process it to get on the other side of this in a somewhat healthy way. So not only am I not getting my work done, not only am I juggling the many, many, many pieces of this, the constant dishes all day long, the 12-minute alarms for the different Zoom meetings. I am also then having to show up for these huge, valid feelings on the regular. I'm exhausted. I am Mm -hmm. exhausted. And I know that I'm in a pretty great version of this. So what are other people going through? Well, and what I was going to say is think about the fact that you're showing up for the emotions and sensations and experiences of your kids while also holding that for yourself. So I think that's the other thing that sometimes gets... (laughs) But I I think that's the piece that gets overlooked is like, we have feelings too as adults. And unfortunately, what we're talking about today is unfortunately, sometimes people inadvertently just fall back into these more archaic gender roles. So while the partner might only be holding their own emotions, mom is holding hers and all the kids. Like, can you see yep. the disparity there? Yes. That's a lot. That is ex- that is exactly it. Because Dave adores those kids. And if they melted down with him, th- he would show up. But the reality is that's not w- where it happens. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. He's holding his job responsibility and the added stress of COVID and all the things he's doing to to mitigate that for me. But I'm the one who's holding the weight of the family. And may I add, just for a moment, also holding my father's life or death in my hands for the past year. Like, it is amazing that I am even sane. I haven't slept in a year, like truly. And I know I'm not alone. There are so many women, parent with them or not, we're so underwater right now. And and I feel like, I guess what, I guess for me, the whole purpose of talking about this is we have to look at where we were at before the pandemic to understand where we are right now and why women are not okay. And what are we going to do on the other side of this to fix it? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't okay before, and now we're just very clear on that. So how do we, and I have no answer to that, but other than we have to change it because women can't. We're we're humans too, when we can carry a lot, but this is too much. This is too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we held true to our prediction that we wouldn't solve it. I solved nothing. I just basically moaned for 30 minutes. <laughs> But I hope, listeners, I hope you were moaning with me. And I, I do feel like one of the reasons Dina and I wanted to talk about this today is because we we know that a lot of you are feeling this. And we have mm-hmm. to talk about it. We have to talk mm-hmm. about the parts of this that are messy and hard and that don't necessarily have perfect, easy tips and tools on how to navigate it. There are parts of this that, that just don't have that. And we want to make sure we're showing up for that, too. Well, that's right. And then, you know, as our listeners and our 
other future-focused parents that you're not alone if you're feeling like that. Like, hey, there's some elements of this where I totally don't have it all together and where it's just, I just need to acknowledge just that it's hard. Well, yeah, we want to leave space for that. Yeah. So make sure that, I mean, it sounds so futile, I think, as I say it out loud, but bearing in mind that moms everywhere are not okay, I do hope that all of you are thinking about the ways that you can at least try to stay okay and try to carve out space and time, whatever that is, and how important it is to be communicating and asking for what you need right now. So even though I begrudge having to ask permission for my 30 minutes, I keep asking for it. So do make sure that as as best you can, you're carving out space where you, where you can find it because we all really, really need it right now. And we apologize that we brought you no answers, but we hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you have thoughts, feelings, questions, if you have an episode idea, please be in touch with us. Uh, when you email info at futurefocusedparenting.com, it comes directly to us. So you can connect with Dina and I directly. And we would love to hear from you. We love hearing from our listeners. We love kind of knowing what you're dealing with, what's going great, what's not going great. We have that Facebook group now, which is another great way to connect with us, Future Focused Parents. Do reach out. Say hi. Info at futurefocusedparenting.com. We'll be back next week with another episode, hopefully one that has some answers. And uh, we thank you so much for being with us today. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in my laundry room and partially in Dina's coat closet. Editing by Allison Preisinger. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening.